You're about to listen to a message from Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. The Father's Church is an assembly of believers committed to revealing the fatherhood of Almighty God to this generation through sound biblical teachings and corresponding moral conduct. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill that purpose and live that life that God has originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. So I've been thinking of a greeting for Good Friday. And it's not Happy Good Friday. It's Revived Good Friday. Praise the Lord. You see, just like Pastor Patience said, I think we miss some things in not doing some of those things that we've overlooked. Some of those, you know, uh, dramas are necessary to bring to our memory, you know, and to help our consciousness to appreciate what is being said. You understand? You know, sometimes I, I don't know, maybe I, sh- I should call someone to bring out his belt and just flog me very well so that we can appreciate just 0.000001%. You know, the whip he was beaten with wasn't just rolled from leather, he had put in it at intervals bones. So when it went on him, it wrapped him round. And then when he was pulled back, he pulled his skin. As it went back. Brothers and sisters. And the beauty or the the wonder of it. Is that he had the power to stop it. He could have said enough. And that would be the end. But if he said enough. You and I won't be here today. He took it all. All the way to Calvary. He went all the way. He did it for you. He did it for me. Praise the Lord. He's a savior. Deserving of our worship. So revived Good Friday. It is a season where my faith, your faith, our faith must experience a revival, a renewal of what this thing is about. We can't emphasize it, you know, trying to find a scripture to read. I was narrowing it down and I'm getting three chapters just to read before we start. And there's only a few minutes. <laughs> so it will be assignment. Praise the Lord. When you go home, read the Gospels, all the accounts of the crucifixion, the events before the crucifixion on Sunday were here, okay? You just can't get over it too quickly. Praise the Lord. Maybe next year we'll start earlier so that we can take it in details and understand what happened. Because you see, this is the foundation of our faith. This was what, after the disciples experienced it and then saw the resurrection, when they beat them, they didn't cry. They say, hallelujah. We count ourselves privileged that we are being beaten for the sake of this Jesus. When you don't understand it, you will say someone did not greet you. You will complain that somebody, you know, stepped on you. Because you've not known the price that was paid. But when you get a revelation of the price, then if any part of it is put on you, you will rejoice. That's how come the apostle could say, woe is me. If I preach not, just to preach, that's all. Somebody went through all of that. Yours is to preach it. And you're making excuses. And you're preaching the good news. You're telling men now, come, take what he has done. He paid the price. 
He didn't think twice. And he's giving us the ministry of reconciliation. He took the sin upon him. The Bible says, him who knew no sin was made sin for us. He was made sin. That being made sin, the punishment, the wrath of God was put upon him. Part of what I want us to learn, you know, to understand tonight, so I just take it as the Lord allows us, is that, you know, the love of God, the love of God is so, so, so popular, so known. And quite frankly, God is love. Praise the Lord. The reason God created the heavens and the earth is out of love. God has no need. We've learned that, right? God is complete on his own. God is self-sufficient, self-existing. Everything he needs to be God is with him and in him. Praise the Lord. What made God create the heavens and the earth? It is love. He created us not to solve any need for him. We are not solving any need. We are not meeting any need. We are giving him pleasure, but we are not meeting a need. Praise the Lord. If we were to cease to exist, if he took us all out now, he will remain God. But out of love, he decided to make us. Praise the Lord. And when he created Adam and Eve, he said, let us make this creation exactly in our likeness. God made you and I as close to God as he could make us. The same way if a father here loves the son, you don't just want the son, you know, to be a boy growing. You want the son to be a better boy, a bigger boy, a smarter boy, isn't it? You want anything that you can give to make him better, you do that. And your desire that someday he'll be bigger than you. God made us in such a way that we can be as much God as possible for flesh to be. Praise the Lord. That's why when he created the man and put him in that garden, he put the tree of life. The tree of life was to seal man in the likeness of God. And he gave him a clue. He said there is one tree in the middle of this garden. Don't eat of it. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You don't need to know it. You know the Bible says God tempts no man with evil. In God there is no darkness at all. The way God designed man, if Adam and Eve never went to eat of that fruit, we wouldn't know evil at all. We'll just be like God. Anywhere we come in, if there is evil, it will disappear. We won't even see, experience it to talk of engaging in it. That's how much God desired a life for man. Okay? But when man refused to eat of the tree of life and went and ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, something happened. He rebelled against God. And this God we are talking about is almighty. Praise the Lord. This God is holy. This God is just. This God is righteous. Praise the Lord. The Bible says he's of purer eyes than to behold what? Evil. God dwells in light unapproachable. That light, no darkness can come. The cleanest, the brightest of angels, they veil their faces before God. They can't come close. So when man sinned, the only way God could respond to man was with wrath. So when we say the love of God, yes. But the moment sin came in, a just judge, God being just, the part of God that was activated was the wrath of God. That's why the first time you see blood being shed was when God had to, instead of killing Adam and Eve for love, he killed an animal. Something had to go. The wrath of God had to kill something. Now, most of us here are backwards. We have killed and killed, killed chicken, killed all kinds of things. If you go abroad, take one of those, your nephews and nieces, bring them to Nigeria, kill a chicken before them. They will not sleep for the next one month. They'll be having trauma. You caught the truth. 
See blood. Do you understand? We're used to it now. That's why our, you know, brothers from this side, they kill human beings because they just kill. It's nothing to them. Blood flowing is nothing. But it, it was such a major thing. None of those things were meant to happen. Even the carnivorous animals at creation were not carnivorous. They were all vegetarians. Man was vegetarian. There was no need for the shedding of blood. The reason blood came up was that because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So blood is a result of wrath must having to be satisfied. Praise the Lord. So the moment Adam and Eve sinned, God's wrath was activated. And for God to be able to still speak to them in any manner, something had to die. The animal died in their place. That was the beginning of the gospel message. Praise the Lord. And that's how come he now said to them, okay, now what you've done, there's going to be a process, but cost is the ground for your sake. Okay, so you're going to labor, you're going to have, you know, eat of the fruit of this your sin. But a time is going to come, there's going to be the seed of the woman. And when the seed of the woman comes, she's going to bruise the head of the serpent. Praise the Lord, somebody. But the serpent will bruise its heels. And then we will settle this manner and we'll be able to begin again. So that was what started unfolding from Genesis. Every step, you're seeing God's attempt. You know, when he comes into a family, he's trying to do it. The first son will miss it. Esau was supposed to be in line. He missed it. He didn't understand the things of God. He said, what is birthright to me? I'm hungry. He said, give me food now. What is that? And as you journey in the story, you see people refusing to align with what God wanted to do. Until we find in the New Testament when Mary was found. Praise the Lord. And an angel came and made the announcement and said to him, Mary, you have found favor. What was the favor? The prophecy of Genesis 3. We want to fulfill it. The seed of the woman. Are you ready? Thank God for Mary. She said what? Be it unto me according to your word. And the Holy Spirit did what he did. And she conceived and brought forth a son. Now, the birth of Jesus is good news, great news to the world. But Jesus on earth, he will keep working miracles, keep feeding us and keep doing all of that. But he could never take our place as long as he was alive. Praise the Lord. He was a friend. He was a healer. He was a deliverer. He was all of that. But the price for my salvation and your salvation, as long as he was there, he couldn't pay it. Because what was needed was a kinsman. Somebody had to be exchanged. Praise the Lord. And this person had to be perfect in all ways. That's why Jesus did not land in the earth like an adult. He was born and then he grew as an infant. He grew as a toddler. He grew as a little child. He grew as an, a teenager. I wanted to say he grew as an ambassador. He went through Freedom Fellowship. You know, <laughs> he did all of that. Do you understand? All that period, you know what he was doing? He was being tempted in all points. And to be proved, yeah, what? A lamb without blemish. Now, by virtue of Jesus' life, he made it impossible, unnatural. You know, I wanted to speak a word that I don't think I've heard. Uncant. That's you cannot. He made it uncant to suffer harm. He made it uncant to suffer shame. You see, shame is a natural recompense for sin. Shame is for shortfall. If we were to run a race now, and they said four of us or five of us, or all of us on a race, and I ran this race and came first, can I be ashamed? What will everybody be saying? 
Hey, hey. That's Jesus won every battle. He lived excellently. So there is no way shame could be put on Jesus. But when he took your place and my place, he suffered the highest level of shame. That's why they could spit on him. That's why they could pull his beard. That's why they could slap him. All those are manifestations of someone who is a failure, who deserves condemnation. Are you with me? So, in his righteousness and perfection, none of such things could come to him. That's why he had to pray and surrender to the Father. He said to the Father, Father, is there any other way? He said, let this cup pass, but if there is no other way, thy will be done. What was he saying? He was saying, Father, (laughs) I haven't experienced this before. That's it. I haven't experienced it. He says, he who sent me is always with me. He says what? Because I always do those things. What? That please, that Jesus had never experienced this pleasure from the father. Some of us have children. There are some children that you see them. If you're not happy with them and beat them and give them seven strokes, they're laughing. There are some children that just the fact you're not happy with them, they notice you're not happy. They're crying. Some have been trained in dissatisfaction. When you beat them, you say, today is only six. They say, let's go and play. <laughs> That's they become, you know, obolobo. So Jesus had never experienced the father's displeasure. So to the point where, you know, all of those things will begin to happen. He never could imagine it. It wasn't the physical pain. It was the emotional pain that I, you know, will stand in a place where I bring sadness to the father. But that was what he needed to do because he became for you and I a kinsman redeemer. He took our place. So when Jesus, from that garden, he said to the father, be it unto me according to your word. Let your will be done. He took my sin. He took your sin. He took the sin of the whole world. When he put it on him, heaven gave permission. And all the host of hell said, now you can do with him anything. That's how come Judas would come and kiss him and betray him. If not, that kiss would have been the last of Judas. But when permission was given, Judas could kiss him and betray him. And we saw the process. He was led. He was interrogated. He was slapped. He was beaten. He was stripped. Stripping is a show of shame. It's when they catch armed robbers today, they strip them. All of that is a manifestation of shame. It wasn't supposed to be. But he had to take it all on him. Why? Because the Bible says he made him to be the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation is like um, in the military, there's what they call um, where a bomb is in a place. There are those who deactivate it. So it's no longer once a bomb ceases to be a bomb. They break it down in such a way that it can no longer cause harm. So protection means Jesus in the hand of God, the wrath of God met with Jesus and took away all the wrath of God. So when the wrath of God comes to meet you now, it doesn't bring harm. Why? Because the love of God has encountered it and converted it, has stepped it down. So instead of wrath coming to you and I as man, what we now have is for God so loved. That love is love that has overcome wrath. For God so loved the world that was. He gave his only begotten son. Ordinarily on earth. Every man. The Bible says before that John 3 system became effect. The scripture that was effective was God is angry with sinners every day. That's every morning. Say destroy them. That's what justice is crying. But when Jesus offered himself. He swallowed the wrath of God. That's how come he could say to us. A new commandment I give to you. That you love one another. He was saying what I've conquered with his love. 
And like we're learning in Sunday school, he said the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. He said love conquers all. Isn't that what we're learning? So that's what he's, he's saying to us. So the love of God in Christ is absorb the wrath. But if you don't know the wrath, you will never appreciate the love. That's how come Pastor was teaching us about, you know, grace abounding so we cannot, should not, no longer live in sin. You know, there is this confusion for the Christian, you know, the genuine Christian. He said, like, like you said, and then you have to apologize, that no matter what you do, God will forgive you. You know you say that. You, you see, you're afraid now of accepting. That's what the Bible says. You understand? God forgives us our sin, isn't it? Now, but when somebody is saved, when somebody is born again, the Bible says, he that is in Christ is what? A new creation, okay? All things are what? What has passed away? What has passed away is that desire to sin. The new creation will not be excited to hear that. The old creation will hear it and say, hallelujah, let me go and sin a little more because this God will forgive me. Anybody that says that is not born again. Should I repeat? Anybody that hears that God forgives or no matter what you have done, he will forgive you and takes it as license is not born again. Because that message is to the new nature. It's not to the old nature. To the old nature, what they said to them is repent or perish. To the new nature. Because in the process of pursuit and growth in righteousness, you make mistakes. It says no matter what happens, come back, I'm your father. You see, the righteous man that sins beats himself more than God could ever beat him. But the sinner that sins has no remorse. That's why the Bible says godly sorrow. Leads to repentance. The righteous had godly sorrow. The wicked, he feels nothing. What the wicked is looking for, way of escape, way of covering, way of denial, way of justification, way of explaining. Ah, I, I, I be wood. Leave me, Joe. You are left already. Because as David, you see, David was a king. And David had access to the best health care, to the best hygiene, to the best environment. But it says, when I was in sin, it says what? How did he put it again, Psalm 51? when he was talking about the guilt of his sin he says the blood guiltiness he, he was saying that he felt so unclean he felt so dirty why yes yeah, day and night my sin was continually before me that's what happens to a righteous person when a righteous person sins when he's singing hallelujah i say yeah, but i insulted that brother on the way it will keep disturbing him until he repents until he finds reconciliation and when another opportunity comes, he'll never do it again because he'll remember that small one I did. I couldn't worship. But the one who is not born again, when he finishes, he will add another one on top. Three star, four star, seven star general. Are you following what I'm saying? So on Good Friday, what happened is this, that Jesus now came and took you, my life, all of us, and embodied us in himself. And surrendered to the wrath of God. Indeed, it was the hands of the people engineered by Satan to put all of that beating on Jesus. But it was to satisfy the wrath of God. You see, somehow, it was the plan of Satan. But it was the predetermined counsel of God. Are you with me? Satan planned him to be crucified. But it was the predetermined counsel of God. So that when they do it, liberation can come for you and I. So, let, come with me. Let's read Isaiah 53. I, I want us to read it from the message translation. It says, Who believes what we've heard and seen? Who would have thought God's saving power would look like this? Did you see that? It says, Who would have thought what? 
God's saving power would look like this. He said the servant grew up before God. His crony seedly, his crubby plant in a patch field. There was nothing attractive about him, nothing to cause us to take a second look. He was looked down on and passed over. A man who suffered, who knew pain firsthand. One look at him and people turned away. We looked down on him, thought he was a scum. But the fact is, it was our pains he carried. Our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures. No, but it was our sins that did that to him. That ripped and tore and crushed him. Our sins. Somebody say, my sin. He took the punishment and that made us whole. Through his power, all our sins, everything we've done wrong, on him, on him. He was beaten. He was tortured. But he did not say a word. Do you know why he didn't say a word? You see, the guilty can't speak. Guilt shuts your mouth. Have you seen where they beat some of these arm robbers they catch? They are hitting them hard. They can't talk. Because you see, when you're guilty, it takes away your right of defense. If he said a word in defense of himself, some of our guilt would have come back on us. So he had to keep his mouth shut so that nothing he has he accused of will he be exempted from. Because if he's exempted from any, I will have to answer. So he made sure he didn't talk. If you read that account, when you go home and read that whole passage, the only thing he made sure he answered was, when they say, you the Christ, he'll say, you say so. Because he can't deny who he is. But when they say this and that, some other things, he ignores them. Because there's no need for an answer to that. Okay? So he was beaten, he was tortured, but he didn't say what. Like a lamb taken to be slaughtered, and like a sheep being sheared, he took it all in silence. Justice miscarried, and he was led off. And did anyone really know what was happening? He died without a thought for his own welfare. Beating bloody for the sins of my people. They buried him with a wicked, threw him in a grave with a rich man. Even though he had never hurt a soul or said one word that wasn't true. Still, it's what God had in mind all along. To crush him with pain. The plan was that he give himself as an offering for sin. So that he could see life come from it. Life. Somebody say amen. Life. Amen. And more life. Amen. And God's plan will deeply prosper through him. 11 says, out of that terrible travel of soul, he will see that it's worth it. And be glad he did it. Through what he experienced, my righteous one, my servant, will make many righteous one by him we are called what the righteousness of god in christ jesus as he himself carries the burden of their sins he says therefore i reward him extravagantly the best of everything the highest honors because he looked death in the face and didn't flinch because he embraced the company of the lowest he took on his own shoulders the sin of many he took up the curse of all the black sheep May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. So this is the prophecy. This is in Isaiah. For anybody who is still wondering the power of Christianity. This was Isaiah. As if he was there on that day. Praise the Lord. Over a thousand years, he wrote this down. Before it happened right before them. Praise the Lord. That's the power of the word. On Sunday we learned that word is written. 
will surely come to pass. So Jesus did all of this. And we we're saying you can't rightly know, appreciate the love of God until you appreciate the wrath of God. This is the wrath of God. It had to come down on sin. But when Jesus took that wrath, what we receive instead is love. Now, nobody appreciating that wrath can take the love of God for granted. Nobody. And if I still take it for granted in any way, I need a revival. I need a reawakening. I need an opening of my eyes to fully understand. The, the simple way to appreciate, I think I've told us this story before. Some time ago, I, I was in a training at Sheraton Hotel in Lagos. My, my bank put me on training there. And my brother visited, or rather I invited him, and he came with our cook, you know, in the house to visit. And part of my this thing was, you know, you eat, I sign, you know, the company pays. Praise the Lord. So this cook and my brother, I took them to buffet, okay? And I just signed. You know what this guy ate? This guy took a piece of tomato. I think he saw some oibo there. And he started to do being, took tomato, just some empty thing on his plate. Far back then, I think the meal must have been about 6,000 or 7,000 naira. Talking of maybe 1995 or so. My brother told him, when we get out from here, you will so pay, eh? Because why waste the money? Do you understand? Who are you doing guy for? Buffet, Sheraton, cook. Do you understand? Just took some, you know. Just, hey. It wasn't funny. Do you understand? For the price that was paid, this is what you're taking? Do you understand? So you begin to appreciate this as a Christian. When you know the wrath of God that I should have been under. And then it's converted to love. That's why when you see some people besides themselves for God, it's revelation. It's not craziness. It's revelation. When you see David, David said to Abigail, he said, it's before God who chose me in place of your father Saul. He's the one before whom I'm being undignified. And I will even yet be what? More undignified. Why? I know where he took me from. Your father should have killed me, but God didn't allow him. And has now made me king in his place. I will celebrate. Do you understand? When we understand and appreciate the wrath of God, we are hell deserving sinners with honors. But now heaven is prepared for us. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. That where you, where I am, what? You may also be. Now you are entitled to call God Abba Father. And he answers you. Angels don't have that privilege. Angels have a protocol before they access the Father. But you and I can come at any time. We can approach his throne. We're even told to come boldly. We are assured of mercy. Anytime. Praise the Lord. Yes. Esther wasn't assured of mercy. Esther needed the golden scepter brought out. But you and I are told, anytime you come, the angels will say, this one has mercy. And then we can approach. That's what we have in place of wrath. And how did it happen? It wasn't a wish. Part of what I said I'll share with us today is this. If you're a Christian, say thank you, Jesus. You know why? Let, let me tell you this. And this is not preaching. This should be everywhere in the world. Show me any other religion, any other faith, where somebody paid the price for what they're claiming to receive. That's what keeps your faith on another level. Everything we are claiming, the healing we are talking about, it says, with the stripes we are healed. The prosperity says, for we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. For though he was rich for our sakes, he became poor. That we, 
everything. For the joy that we are having, he took the sorrow. For the glory that we are walking in, he took the shame. It was paid for. It's not 419. It's not empty promise. That's the thing about Christianity. Praise the Lord. I'm part of what I wanted to ask you here. Charles, have you fought before? Who has ever fought here before? Don't lie, don't lie. Who has ever fought? My hand is up for all the liars. Because you need to, from today, you start fighting. Are you getting what I'm saying? You see, when a price is paid, it is irresponsible not to claim the benefits of that payment. When a price has been paid, it is irresponsible not to claim the benefits of that payment. Have you fought before? I don't know your answer. The second question, for what reason did you fight? There are fights that if you don't fight, you're worse than one who didn't fight. Had fought or wanted to, the fight didn't complete. Fight a policeman that was armed. You know why? I was traveling from Enugu to Lagos with my family. And this man with my wife and our little baby. And this policeman stopped us, took my papers. All my papers were complete. That OG Riverside for those who know. And was delaying us. And time was passing. And I know the risk of traveling in the night. And all his intent was to frustrate us. At a point, I went to him with his gun and grabbed my papers. I was ready to, for us to finish ourselves. Because it's rather we finish ourselves here. It's better than you keep me here in the night. Then where am I going to go with my wife and children? In the middle of the night. So I attacked him. It was the right call. I will fight it again. Do you understand? It was wickedness. Do you understand? If my, something is wrong with my paper, take me to the station. If it's not wrong, release me. He took it, put it in his pocket... And was attending, you know, stopping cars and just doing, time was passing. I went to him, I said, no, I grabbed him. He said, give me my paper. I was ready for us to finish ourselves up. Do you understand? There are fights that you must fight. Child of God, for what Christ has paid, it's irresponsible if you don't fight for your faith. If you don't claim the promise. If you don't walk in the authority. It, is, it makes no sense for you to say you're a Christian. If somebody will pay a price like this, some of us here will go to the moon for somebody. If they ask you why, you say, ah, brother, do you know that during my traditional wedding, he followed me to go and marry my wife? How many said such things? So because of that, you count this person a friend you'll do anything for. Another one will say, ah, this brother... Ah, he said, I have to go. Do you know that when I buried my mother, he followed me. He slept in the village with me for three days. Because of that, you make a commitment. All the way to Calvary, he went for you. He went for you. He went for me. All the way to Calvary, he went for me. He died. He did that for me. And I won't fight for him. No. That day has not been created. That's why the apostle Paul could say, he said, why, why do you weary my soul telling me not to go to jail? What would they do to me in Jerusalem? He said, they'll bind me and then they will beat me. He has not reached 5% of what they did to Jesus. That's how come Paul could say, he said, I desire to know nothing else amongst you except Christ and him what? For the price he paid, you should fight. You should tear shed. In that office, say, no, this must not happen. You know why? He paid. He didn't wish. He didn't send. He paid. He paid in full. There was no part of it he withheld from. He gave himself completely. 
part of the scriptures we read. It says, he that did not withhold his only begotten son, but gave him up for us. Gave him up. He didn't give him, you know, hesitantly. He gave him up. Do with him anything. And the devil surely did with him everything. If you are going to kill a man, why do you beat him so terribly? The reason was that every ounce of payment was to be drawn from him. It wasn't for a show. It wasn't for sympathy. It was for assurance. It was for you when you kneel down in prayer. You know that the God you're talking to is not a yes and no. All the promises of God for you and I in Christ Jesus. What are they? They are yes and they are amen. Why? He has done the greatest. When you wait on him, you know he will come. He didn't dodge crucifixion. Is it coming, intervening in your situation? He will dodge. Behold, he cometh. This God will come. He sent you. No, he will back you up. Why won't he back you up? He didn't have to die. No chains held him. I'm going to show you a scripture and I just try and close. John 10 verse 17. It says, for this reason the father loves me. I'm reading Amplified. Because I lay down my own life to take it back again. 18 says, it says no one takes it away from me. Did you get that? Jesus said what? No one takes it away from me. On the contrary, what does he say? He said, I lay it down voluntarily. I put it from myself. That's how Jesus did it. They didn't snatch his life. He considered you. He considered you. The song says, he thought I was worth saving. He considered you. And thought you were worth saving. And said, for him, I will lay my life down. It wasn't taken from him. I am authorized and have power to lay it down. And I exercise that liberty to lay it down. To say, for your sake, I lay it down. He says, Satan beat me, but let Mr. Koku be healed. Satan, put shame on me, but let glory cover my sister. Let all men forsake me, but let this one be accepted in the beloved. That's what he was saying. He thought about it completely. It was not taken from him. That is what we have in Christianity. That is what happened on Good Friday. He paid the price. Fully conscious, fully mindful, completely in the know of what he would take. He knew everything that would happen. Remember he told Peter, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. He knew. He knew they would take off his clothes. He knew they would put the crown of thorns. He knew all of that. But he knew what he was doing it for. Isaiah 53, we read, says, He shall see of the travails of his soul and be satisfied. Let's rise on our feet. I don't know what your Christianity has been. But peace must follow you. Power must follow you. Love must flow. Justice must flow. Everything Christ died for, it's illegal. In fact, I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to my, it's unjust for me to allow anything he paid for not be manifest. And please, children that are here, I actually don't mean physical fight. The Bible says the fight of faith. Okay, but sometimes, you know, like in that case of the policeman. Do you understand? You can't allow some things. He said, neither give place to, the devil must not be giving place. Do you understand? Are you getting what I'm talking about? He paid, it's not a wish. You know, you come, I say, ah, brother, I so love you. May God bless you. It's a wish. I paid no price. But if I say, brother, I so love you, go and meet a social person. I've deposited one million naira there. How will you be going? 
I'm not wishing you a blessing there. <laughs> You're going, why? Because what? A price. Christ has paid the price. There's a deposit. When he says, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly, it's not a wish. He went to the depths of hell and life was snatched from him. So he has earned. He says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it shall bring forth much fruit. He laid down his life so that much fruit will come. You are part of it. You are entitled to much fruit. You're entitled to glow. You're entitled to prosper. You're entitled to wisdom. You're entitled to demonstration of victory. You're entitled to stand out anywhere you're found. You see, the common world we're in is a Babylon. You're entitled to be ten times better. You're entitled to be a Joseph. You're entitled to be an Esther. No Christian is a pity case. Money has been paid. Wisdom has been deposited. Favor has been earned. When your name is mentioned, the people in that kingdom, they say, don't touch this one. Have you heard testimonies like that? Where they say, why did you bring this person here? You know why? Because that person, their master knows this one. Can't touch this. This one can't touch this. This one can't touch this. This one can't touch this. But ignorance is very wicked. If you don't know that is what they said concerning you, fear will invite what they said shouldn't be your own. Because the arena where fear manifests, the devil is entitled to operate. And why will fear manifest if you don't know the provision? You are afraid I will die. This sickness will kill me. This thing will kill me. Once fear comes in, the devil tells God, you're a righteous God. Look, see the fear in the man's heart. That's why the Bible says you've not been received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But what have we received? Spirit of power. The spirit of love and of a son. What gives you that power? He made some deposit for me. My name is there. Now, Kukwonson K. Jesus. Aham Dinaya. My name is there. For the price he paid, he wrote my name. He said I'm a beneficiary. Somebody begin to thank Jesus. Because Good Friday was an investment for you. It was a deposit for you. And that's why it says, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, ask. Why? Because he has paid in full. He said, ask him my name. What is the power of that name? Good Friday, he paid the price. He said, Father, I satisfy your wrath against these people. I restore them to joy, to fellowship, to relationship. These are your children. You made them in your image. You made them for fellowship. You made them for sweetness. Every time God looked at Adam and Eve at the beginning, they brought him joy. That's why the Bible says, in the cool of the day, he will walk with them. It is the restoration that took place at Good Friday. Now your testimony, your marriage, your private life, your work life, your office life, every of such things should be a place where God will come and walk with you. Come and walk with you. Come and sing with you. Come and have melody. You have been listening to a message from the Father's Church. We are sure you have been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, off Banex Guarampa Expressway, near Next Cash and Carry, Abuja, 9 a.m. Sunday and 6 p.m. Wednesday. Call us on 070-31588-404. You can also find us online on our website, www the Father's Church Online.org. Facebook, Facebook.com slash The Father's Church. Our Twitter handle at T Father's Church. Also on Instagram 
The Father Church. God bless you.